God really has become uh, become my father. I don't talk to him as much as I should. I don't follow him as well as I'd like, but he's uh, he's had the grace to cover me when I when I really needed it. And sometimes I think maybe he's left me a little broken because I'm such a prideful guy. If he hadn't left me that way, yeah, I would have probably just left you all a long time ago. But I've always needed you, and I've known that. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12 step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride. Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. What's up? What's up? That was the voice of Mr. Danny B that you heard at the beginning of this episode. And you are going to be hearing so much more from that gentleman in just a moment. But first things first, or I believe it's Primero things primero this episode is brought to you by sean and joshua and ian do you know what sean and joshua and ian did well they went to our website www.soberspeak.com which was created by the way by the lovely mrs m and they clicked on our not ticked they clicked on the little yellow PayPal tab and made a, a contribution. So thank you so much, Sean and Jason and Ian. This episode is coming right out to you I, John M., will be just another bozo on the bus, by the way, will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will, around this virtual worldwide table, and let's get started. Remember, no matter who you are or what your past looks like, you are welcome here. It is an open table to all, and we are glad you have joined us. If you have not joined us for the Sunday afternoon recovery yoga class, which is free to all, and you don't have to be an alcoholic to join. You just have to be interested in, well, you don't even have to be interested in recovery, really. Just come to the meeting and all 
of the info that you need for that. The Zoom info is available on our website under the Sober Resources tab, and we would love to have you. Uh, It is led by a couple of people, Tanya and Megan P., and basically what they do is have a little recovery meeting on the front end for the first 30 minutes, and then the back half of that is a combo of meditation and yoga, and it is at on Sunday at four o'clock p.m. Central, and we would love to have Ewan's join us. Another thing about the website, we have had so much fantastic listener contributions. Uh, The listeners, uh, I sent out an email a little while back, and you, the listeners, have provided a ton of good articles, blogs, whatever you want to call it, resources. Uh, And if you go to our website, uh, silverspeak.com, and you click on the blog tab, you will see uh, so much information there. Uh, In fact, I'm just going to go over right now and let you know who has done that. So I go to silverspeak.com. Like I said, a good podcaster would have this all worked up beforehand. There you go. You click on blog. And then you click on listener contributions and you will see there that Kathy M and Suzanne R and Kathy C and Greg P and Rebecca T have all contributed um, uh, articles. Uh, Most of them are about the episodes that you have listened to before, um, but it, it is absolutely fantastic. And also, if you click on the transcripts tab, you will see the transcripts from the past, I don't know, four or five episodes that we've had. We just recently started doing this, uh, but some of you like to read along at home, if you will, so you can go out there and see all of that stuff. Um, That's about it. Now, let's just go on into Mr. Danny B from Spring Tejas. Danny B got sober on February 18th of 1981. That is 40 plus years, folks. We discuss Danny's uh, colorful background, as he calls it, uh, which includes being a sailor, an ex-con, and a bank robber. We've had other bank robbers on before. Danny describes himself as, quote, old school, unquote, and he will tell you what he means by that. And he has some opinions, which is interesting, on foul language, if you want to call it that, a colorful language in the meetings of AA and elsewhere. Danny is an absolute AA treasure. Sit back and enjoy. I know you're going to love this one. Uh, And we will have plenty of listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. So today we are sitting here with Mr. Danny B. And Danny B is just laughing here. He's like, what is going on with this guy? So Danny, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself. Give your sobriety date if you wish, and then let people know which area of the country you are sitting in right now. Well, my name is Danny B, as you say, and uh, that's for Brown, actually. I don't, I'm not very anonymous in that respect, but Danny B, and I've uh, had the gift of sobriety since February the 18th of 81, which was just turned uh, 40 years. I, February I live, 18th? February um, the 18th, yeah. 
of, and I'm sorry, I missed the year again. What was that? 81. 81. 40 yes. years. Right. Uh, that would be like seven months and 10 days longer than John A. <laughs> and, uh, who's only okay, got 39 so. years. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and address that right off the bat. Yeah. He, Danny, is referring to John A., which which our listeners know as Reno John. They've heard him many times, and you and Reno John know each other. I think you said you were roommates at one time. Is that right? Oh yes, oh yes. We have uh, we've been very close. He and he and Bob R. from Dallas and I have been uh, very close for probably thirty-five years. And uh, when we were uh, we were both getting a divorce when we were about ten years sober to eleven years sober, and we were roommates and went to the Dallas North group. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yes, I know John very very well. Uh, we. Uh, we we have a lot of fun at each other's expense, which AAs are wont to do. But he is a he is a fine man and can be, and can be counted on. He's just a, he's just a super guy. We've had a lot of fun. We had a lot of interesting little things happen. We were uh, when I was eleven years sober at my AA birthday. We had a pizza party at our at our little apartment and invited a few friends over to watch. Uh, watch a uh, a movie i think it was a charles bronson movie back then we were all set up it was exciting it was my day and we got a call uh, a guy uh, wanted somebody to come 12 step him and i was like my first reaction honestly was really this is my aa birthday i did i didn't want to uh, but we, you know, John and I looked at each other and I said, okay, well, we'll go get him. So we went over and got him and brought him back with us. And he sat there and shook and freaked out while we ate pizza, tried to feed him pizza and told him everything was going to be all right. We took him to, uh, we took him to some meetings and neither of us wound up sponsoring him, but, uh, he got sober and, uh, he always remembers that little pizza party. So John and I go <laughs> way back. <laughs> That's great. I got. To, I started speaking around the country. Uh, re, uh, well, I guess I was twenty years sober, and uh, when I started speaking, well, I'd spoke of regionally, but around the country because John was supposed to speak in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, but he had slipped coming out of his house and had a minor concussion, and they wouldn't let him fly. And in those days, you could just hand the ticket to someone else. So they were all freaked out at Flagstaff and saying, well, who's encore tapes? And uh, they said, well, who's going to speak? And John said, let Danny do it. He'll be okay. And uh, so they said, send him out here. And I spoke uh, Friday night there. And I have spoke uh, probably uh, hundreds of times since then around the world. Uh, it's been you know so it's yeah we're good friends ah that's cool yeah Yeah, i was uh i just recently spent time with him and his wife patsy and i'm going to say this this is going to sound very strange uh in my hotel room at the texas state conference but the reason we were up there (laughs) 
<laughs> is because we were we were recording John again, Reno John, uh, on an episode which I will release uh, shortly. But uh, that's very interesting that uh, yeah, you guys we, know each other. Yeah, and Patsy's a Patsy's a sweetheart. I re- I remember when they were dating. I uh, I will guarantee you that he outkicked his coverage because uh, <laughs> she can do better and he can't. You know? <laughs> but Outkicked yeah. his coverage. I've yes, never he heard did. it put that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking a little offline before we actually got on here to, to record. And you had mentioned something about the word – uh, old school, uh, and you know, kind of your take, philosophy, bent, whatever you want to call it, regarding you know, uh, AA and how you spread the message, if you will. So, why don't you talk about that a little? What you mean by that? Well, uh, I, when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous in West Texas, all meetings, all meetings were at eight o'clock at night. Uh, you made eight o'clock meeting or there wasn't going to be a meeting unless they were at a house or, you know, you went by somebody's house and visited with them. And uh, it was really wonderful because everybody, the old guys, the old timers, the new people were all there together. And we, nobody was waiting on their turn to talk because the podium was set up. You, if you were to talk, you were called on to come up to the podium and talk. You didn't sit in your chair and wax eloquent. And it's very difficult to get up behind a podium, say who you are, what you are, and your dry date, and then look at a bunch of people and just start telling me all about your miserable day. It kind of, it will get short really quick. And uh, so I learned, I learned that uh, sitting, sitting in an audience, looking at a podium, listening to the speaker up there was a good opportunity for me to relax my mind and pay attention to what they did because my sponsor gave me a, a, a gave me a, a task. He said, your job is to sit here and look the speaker in the eye and keep him honest. Cause he said, you know, drugs, they like to be, uh, they, they like to embellish. And he said, I want you to watch them boy. And I would stare them down. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I, and I learned the value of, uh, I learned the value of, of, the drunk logs, because that's what we did. We got up and we talked about what it used to be like, what happened, and a good life that we have now. There was not a lot of talk about about the steps and how the steps in, impacted you and how important they were. It really was. Uh, it was. It was. It was implied that you were certainly going to have to take the steps. And yes, the big book was uh, was being used, but not to the extent it is now. It wasn't studied. You didn't have all these groups sitting around trying to figure out what did Bill mean by this word. I think he meant exactly what he said. So there, there wasn't a lot of that going on. And yet I would see people come in and they would relate to me or I, or I would relate to them based off of where they had been and what they were doing. And then I would see their lives had changed. And I became enamored of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I, I was smitten with a magnificent obsession for sobriety because of people like Johnny, Harris, Johnny H., Johnny Harris, everyone knows him. 
I thought I was different because I had been I had been in Big Spring State Hospital. I had been in prisons. I had lived on the streets. I had all these all these reasons why I'm different. And yet one day I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Johnny Harris tell his story. And when he got through telling his story, I was in tears. And there was no more there was no more me telling Danny that I'm different. Now I could tell you that I was unwilling, but I couldn't tell you I was different. Because in front of me stood a man that was that had recovered and was happy. And and I wanted to be like him. I wanted I wanted to I wanted to be up there. I wanted people to look at me and love me too. I didn't know that uh, you guys frown on that, that you were more about the worker among worker things. But at that time, that seemed to be very attractive to me. And you guys use, uh, you know, you God knows just which carrot to dangle in front of just which jackass to get him to go right where he wants him to go. <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I started, I started talking and uh, I have a, I've had a rather colorful background and I've been, uh, I've been told I was, I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm funny. I don't mean to be, but I am. Uh, and, uh, so I, you know, people laughed and they cry and they related and they, you know, and they were happy to, to see that you could come from such a destructive and downtrodden past and then start to have a happy and useful life. And even in sobriety, you can make missteps and yet, recover and keep going and uh, so that became the what i wanted to do i'm uh, i've never really liked doing uh, workshops uh, i don't like to sit for 16 hours and with another person and talk about my perceptions of alcoholics anonymous or of the step what it means to me i'm i believe very much that the principles or you they, they the book says the principles are guides to progress meaning to me that if you will practice these principles if you will do these things these principles are very clear they will change you you won't need someone to tell you what they mean you just do this i was a liar i lied everybody says cash register honesty comes easy no it doesn't i was afraid I felt my fear could protect me. I did not believe that I could be that I could just open myself up and be honest and you would accept me. I felt such I felt so angry and so different inside that I just didn't think you could do it. So I start I quit. My sponsor said, You gotta tell the truth. I said, Well, I lie all the time. He said, well, the next time you're telling a lie, just stop in the middle of it and tell the person you're talking to, I'm sorry, but that was a lie. I said, there's got to be an easier way than that. He, <laughs> he said, well, why don't you try it? I did. And what happened is it cut my conversations very short. And uh, he, he told me, uh, he taught me things by 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 example and then he just he didn't tell me look you know this is what it all means and this is how you do it he would just simply say things like bob azan says go to work stay at work work at work you know you learn to do these things don't lie 
Tell the truth. You'll learn more what self-honesty is. That's an ongoing lifetime project. You're not God. God loves us too much to let us let us see ourselves clearly all at once. He just has, has peeled back the onion a little at a time and let me deal with Danny with him the best I can over time. I'm a much, much different man than I was when I walked into Alcoholics Anonymous 40 plus years ago. Alcoholics Anonymous 40 plus years ago, I had I was just addicted to booze and I lived a I lived a self-centered, violent lifestyle. And I came in here with you guys, and it's just, you know, I learned I learned to quit cussing all the time, for one thing. A lot of people don't pay any attention to that. People say, hey, what does it matter? You know, we're all in AA. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're different. No, we're not. Actually, if you want to be able to, if, I, I believe this about cursing, especially not in a meeting. And, stop, and don't do it when you're talking to me. It's not that I'm above it. I, I've got very colorful language. If I hit my thumb, you will. You'll put your hands over your ears. <laughs> I was a, I was a sailor and, a, and an ex-con, so yeah, I got some. But when somebody just tells me I'm effed up, I'm all I'm effing mad. You haven't told me anything. You just told me that you stepped behind an emotion and you're hiding. So why don't you quit using that language and slow down and tell me who you are? What's wrong? And if you will start to use the English language to describe what's going on inside, you will be much, much clearer and we will have a communication that, that really matters. That's that's my two cents worth on that. Uh, the other thing is, is that there's little ladies who sense, uh, you know, there's people who come in who's, uh, their sensibilities are uh, keener than ours, and I don't want them walking out of our meeting because we are uh, we don't want to we don't want to care about them and about their ears. I also believe you should dress. I should believe you should dress appropriately to go into Alcoholics Anonymous. You, sh- you know, I'm just I'm, I'm like I said, I'm old school. I was taught that way. Respect is everything. So, Love it. So you mentioned also before we got started here, we were talking about, um, you said when you first came in, you used to introduce yourself as Danny boy or whatever. Little Danny Brown. What was that? Well, you know, I was, I was fawning for attention, you know, and I've, I've, I've always, I've, I've always been able to dance between the cracks of a conversation and, and, you know, be that little clown. And my mother was the, uh, was a queen of Al-Anon in Midland, Odessa. And, uh, I would, uh, everybody knew her. She got, she came into Al-Anon obviously before I got to AA. And when I showed up, I would, you know, they'd call on me to come up with everybody in a smaller town that said, there's Ramah's son, Danny. And I would get up and say, well, I'm little Danny Brown boy, alcoholic. And uh, everybody chuckled. That was very funny to them. And uh, I, uh, we had an old boy alcoholic. Yeah. And I continued (laughs) to say that, but after a while, it was pretty clear that the boy part was going to have to go away. Um, There was, there was a, there was a woman that uh, had sobered up in 51 that was around our group. And, uh, she was very, very well thought of, 
And she was just the funniest woman in the world and very active in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, uh, she would see me and uh, she, she would call me Mrs. Brown's little boy, Danny. And uh, I, I would talk to her and she would say, honey, don't shake my tree if you don't want my apples. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that was a clever thing. But after a while, was I thought about the things. I think about the things that you guys say to me. I do. I spend time afterwards and I wonder, you know, is that just a clever saying or did that have some meaning? And it, what I think she was saying to me is that, honey, if you ask, I will tell you. But I'm not going to go around sticking my two cents worth in. I'm not going. I don't have a dog in this fight. If you want to misbehave, if you want to act poorly, if you want to act outside the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's on you. However, if you come to me, don't expect me to co-sign, and don't expect me to lie to you. I love you too much for that. So I think that's true. And. Mm-hmm. We will be continuing our conversation with Danny B. from Spring, Texas in just a moment. Just a reminder, you were listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at www.soberspeak.com. Uh, you can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. Sober Speak is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. All right. Now, Mac, back to Mr. Danny B. You mentioned your colorful background, if you will. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'm sure sure there's some circumstances, if you will, that brought you through the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous. So can you give me a thumbnail sketch? Yeah, I, uh, I had, uh, I was in, I was, I started drinking when I was 14. I had, uh, had serious emotional problems. I wound up in uh, big spring state hospital twice before I was 16. I escaped. Uh, I escaped. So, just real quick, when you say serious uh, emotional problems, yeah. how were those manifesting? Uh, I was, I was, I was depressed. I mean, like you know, almost clinically depressed. I just, I, I, I couldn't concentrate. I didn't have friends. I didn't. I just walked around kind of in a haze. I just lived in my own world. I didn't know what was wrong. Uh, yeah, there was, there was, of course, there was things that were both nutritionally and, and, and family-wise, that, that perhaps uh, contributed to that. Uh, and and it, was a, it, it was a time uh, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a preteen and I've got, uh, you know, we got, no, we got no money. I've got a, a father that has uh, got problems and my, and my mother who grew up dirt poor. Uh, was, uh, her, her only teaching to me was, uh, don't do that, you could get hurt. And uh, mm-hmm. so I walked around in fear, and uh, I eventually wound up in Big Spring State Hospital. Escaped. I, I went to Big Spring State Hospital a second time because I got I think I got my first drunk, and uh, when I got drunk, I uh, I got in a fight, got my nose broke, I'd stolen my mother's car, and I got wrecked it, and wound up in juvenile detention, and. They thought I got out of out of the hospital a little earlier, and I found, thought I'd found the first thing that ever made me feel like I could fit in and like I felt good. 
Uh, I escaped from the hospital and, and I grabbed a couple of guys from that hospital with me. And we, uh, we made it over to my hometown and picked up two more guys that were, we were in a stolen car. Uh, we, uh, it, we made it south from Midland, Odessa to the Acuna, Mexico, where I sold that taxi, that, that car to a taxi driver. Uh, we got drunk in a, uh, in a Cadillac bar and, and there was a big fight ensued and we were all thrown in jail in Mexico. Uh, and from there, my life started to go downhill and I, uh, I got out and I joined the Navy. I was in the CBs. I was a two fisted drinker. I loved being there, but what happens is, you know, booze interceded and I couldn't stay. I wound up on skid row. I lived on skid row. I learned to lie, cheat and steal and hustle. I left Skid Row and I started. I started hanging out with guys that were uh, they were professional thieves, and uh, I drank whiskey and carried a gun. And pretty soon I'm uh, I'm ripping and running, and I wind up in prison. I get out. I solemn oath that I'll never drink whiskey again, except on special occasions. And it turns out getting out of prison is a very special occasion. <laughs> so I drank again, and I. I married multiple times. Everyone knows I had two wives at one time. Uh, I, uh, I wound up back in prison again. Uh, I got back in prison. I uh, was there for three and a half years. I got out the second time. I'm, ab- I'm absolutely convinced I'm through with that lifestyle. I'm not going to drink anymore. And But I'm out in no time. I get married to a barmaid. We're drinking, and pretty soon I'm, you know, I'm in as much trouble as I've ever been, and I'm on the run. I'm on the run from the law. There was a bank robbery in San Angelo, Texas. They had it on videotape, and they were looking for me because that was my mo. And I'm hiding underground, going to AA meetings in different places, getting drunk. After it, it, I'd stay sober as long as I could stand it, and then I'd get drunk, and. uh you know, one day I just wound up in Alcoholics Anonymous in the backseat of that old, I was living in an old stolen car, I wore an eye patch. My life, my life was as good as it was ever going to get. And I said to God that I didn't know uh, I'd do anything if I could just get sober. And two people came to get me from the uh, suburban group in Austin, Texas, and one of them's name was John Henry. And John Henry, uh, rode me back uh, to the club, and he became my sponsor. And uh, I started my journey. And they, uh, you know, I, John Henry didn't read the big book with me, by the way. John Henry, uh, he would say, read three pages and call me. And I said, well, other people, their sponsors sit down and read it with them. He said, I've already read it. You need to. <laughs> and, uh, and so. And I and that's not to that's not to disparage anyone else's approach, but that's actually what happened to me. I my first uh, my first inventory was uh, was taken. I was only a day or two sober. Uh, I had written it and then got drunk, and I but it was a thorough one. And uh, I I found a I found a friend in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I went and it was it was an old Jewish woman. And uh, I was I didn't want to talk to John at the time. I went went to her and I asked her. Uh, her name was Glenda. And I said, Glenda, would you listen to my inventory? And she said, Honey, somebody's going to have to, or you're going to die. And I spent 
the afternoon sharing that with her. And uh, when it was over, my last my last uh, resentment was at God, that he had put place me here and given me a book that I didn't understand with people that had all the advantages of life. And I was a, I was a disadvantage. It was poor me. And I cried. And she said, honey, what's evolved is a liar, cheat, and a thief. And uh, she said, you probably need to go down and think about what you've said. I had a big spiritual experience from that. wasn't long after that I had to do more because there was things I I held out, and I went to John Henry, and I began a, uh, doing recovery in earnest. I eventually had to uh, I eventually had to turn myself in to uh, uh, to the robbery department in Austin over that bank robbery. Uh, I went down there. I was that my John Henry. I told him. I said. I told him that I said, I'm not, uh, there's some things I didn't tell you. And that was one of them. And he said, well, you've got to go in and clean that up. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. He said, I said, they'll lock me up the rest of my life. He said, you told me you were willing to go to any length to have this gift. Mm -hmm. I said, that's theory. This is serious. They will lock me up forever. He said, well, get another sponsor because you won't make it with that. And, uh, I finally, I just sat out in that old car and I said, well, God, if you want me to do it, you're going to have to help me because uh, I'm too afraid. And I had an epiphany sitting in that car that four walls do not make a prison. Prison is something you carry around on the inside of you. And I had the keys to the kingdom. So I went down there and uh, went to the robbery department, turned myself in, told them all about my good work in AA. And they showed me a video of a tall, skinny guy going from till to till with a gun. And the second time, it's very grainy. And the second time I watched it, I thought, I'm in so much trouble. And the guy turned around and looked at me and he said, the guy I'm looking for wouldn't walk in here. And he said, the guy I'm looking for is out there. And he said, we'll find him, but you need to get your skinny butt back to AA. And maybe you can clean up some of the mess you've created. And uh, I thought, mm. well, I'm uh, I'm not afraid to make amends anymore. I'm I'm in AA forever, and uh, <laughs> and it changed my life. It was a, it was you know I didn't have to run, and I was on parole. I mean, they could have just re- they not only didn't revoke my parole, they put me on annual report, transferred me from Midland, Odessa to Austin, where I'd gotten sober, and uh, just. Just remarkable things happen. The book says all sorts of remarkable things happen when you sincerely take the position that he's everything. And uh, I, you know, God, God really has become uh, become my father. I don't talk to him as much as I should. I don't follow him as well as I'd like. But he's uh, he's had the grace to cover me when I when I really needed it. And sometimes I think maybe. He's left me a little broken because I'm such a prideful guy. If he hadn't left me that way, I would have probably, yeah, I would have probably just left you all a long time ago. But I've always needed you, and I've known that. I've always, I've never been able to really hold myself up as a shining example of how Alcoholics Anonymous ought to be done. I've learned from from my sponsor that a bleeding deacon and an elder statesman sometimes wear the same clothes. Mm. And you just gotta, you just gotta learn to 
surrender self over and over again. Do what we're doing today. You know, I have I have things I want to do. I'm building a fence to protect me from uh, to a barrier between me and my neighbor. I'm, uh, you know, I got I, I'm old enough now. It's, it's my nap time. <laughs> this is a but this is what we do. You know, one of the guys that helped me build the fence. Uh, I didn't need him to help me build the fence, but he's ninety days sober. He just needed somebody to come over and just, you know, I pay him a little bit of money, but mostly I just wanted him to be around. I want him to know it's going to be okay. I wanted him to know that I used to be just where you're at. And I'm telling you, you just hang with us and this is going to be okay. And I have a big pool and stuff. And he said, man, I love the fellowship. He said, you ought to have a party with this pool. And I said, well, yeah, well, I guess we should. So he left telling my wife that we were going to have a party. So I guess we will. <laughs> that's Well, so yeah. I want to ask you about that, too. So you yeah. had mentioned also at the beginning of this that you had been married multiple times, right? Didn't work seven. out. and So you've been married seven times now. How long have you been married to the last wife here? I, my last wife, okay, well, I'll, I'll just tell you, <laughs> uh, I was married for 14 years and my, and my wife and I split and it was amicable, you know, but she went back to Oklahoma and, uh, this, this girl that I'm married to now, uh, we started, we've been together for about almost two and a half years. We married, uh, last October. I had, uh, I had a heart attack while we were getting married it started whoa it you started, mean like on yeah. the day of yes it was uh it actually started the day before it was uh the widow maker type it, there was no chest pain it was all in the back it was you know like and i was sweating and uh and and tired and i knew something was wrong but i was committed to going through with this because we had all the you know we were wearing, marrying in our backyard october the 10th and uh, I had that, and we went. Uh, I said I got to lay down, and then I was in the hospital shortly thereafter, and that four stents. And uh, they said if I had waited a few more hours, I wouldn't be having this conversation. So I'm still here. Uh, wow. My, my wife is. Uh, my wife is. Uh, is my wife is much younger than I am, and she's a hospice nurse. So it's kind of ideal. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but we're but we're we're active in aa uh we're you know we're active in family we uh we enjoy our home and our life we get along good she's a lot she's like a she's like a kind of a a homebody you know she likes to she likes to be around here and puts around the house and i'm a big 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 dog and cat thing. I got one cat that I like a lot and the rest of them. And I got three dogs and I just love them. Your shirt there says what best dog dad. Is that right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> and, uh, my wife gave me that, and, uh, but she's a, she's a really fine AA. She, she, uh, brings ladies here and works with them here when she, you know, in our home and, uh, uh, we have a we have an open door policy to to people in Alcoholics Anonymous and me because I wouldn't have a home to sit in if it weren't for you. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have it. You know, John Henry told me he said never get a truck 
too nice to throw up in. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah, he did, man. He was a uh, John Henry was an int- he is an interesting fellow. There's a guy you ought to talk to. He was uh, he was uh, he was the opening act for John Coltrane. Wound up living on the streets, uh, at Vietnam vet, and uh, and uh, he came uh, came got sober many 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 years ago, and and uh, he became uh, a uh, asset manager. You know, made made tons of money. Very very successful guy, but he never maybe, forgets, huh? Maybe when we get off here, you can give me his contact. Be happy to. Be happy yeah. to. John uh, Henry, very interesting fellow too. And Great you know, musician. Huh? I, I don't think I told you this, or maybe I did. Yeah. Oh, I, t- I told you through text, but the, how I got your information was yeah. from Tim H uh, who's mm-hmm. been on the podcast in the past. I'm assuming you guys have ran across each other at conferences and stuff like that. We, we have many times for a long time. We were very, we're very fond of one another. And uh, we also uh, have a, a, a meeting once a week. A few of us, it's uh, it's, it's by invitation only, but it's uh, he and I are in it and it's just a, it's sort of a sort of like a mastermind group where men get together who've been here for a long time. And uh, it's the longer you're here, the more you believe what you say. And, uh, and it's very, very, it's been very helpful. A bunch of us who've been sober a long time have talked and we finally can. It's easier for me to open up to people about my, my fears of aging, my fears of being infirm, my, my, desire to be more active in AA again and why am I slowing down and all of that stuff and it's very it's a very very nice thing to have it yeah you know it's interesting uh uh doing this what I do I I get to hear you know folks like you and, and so many others and like like when you were talking earlier, I was thinking of an interview I had done with um, J.S. I don't know if you know him from Sedona, Arizona. Sure, I know Jay. Okay. So one thing that he talked about during an interview with him that I've thought about many, many times, and that is he said something to the effect of, he does a lot of research with the primary documents from Bill Wilson's writings. And he yeah. said he'd looked through every one of Bill Wilson's writings and he had never once found a excerpt where Bill is counseling somebody. And he says to somebody, well, what you need to do is to go to page 43 of the big book and look at <laughs> this true. paragraph. And that's exactly what you need to do. And for whatever reason, that just kind of, it, something clicked with me and much like you were saying earlier, uh, so many people who kind of parse and dice and, you know, exactly what this was, the bill said, and the first 164. And, and I get all that. Hey, believe yeah. me, I'm a big book guy. I love the big book, right? It's how right. I got sober. However, like my friend Gary K says, you probably know him as well. Very Gary well. We're- <laughs> yeah. Gary says, you don't, learn sobriety he says something to the effect of you know you experience sobriety and much like you were saying earlier gary grew up where i uh, i was one of the uh, people who had been sober a while and we were in the same area 
uh, Midland, Odessa. And uh, so, yeah, his sponsor, Gary's sponsor, uh, had come to me one day uh, before Gary came around. His, his sponsor was all messed up, and he said, I'm all messed up. I don't know what to do, and I didn't know what to tell him. And I looked at him, and I said, well, why don't you try joining AA? And uh, he somehow that was, I mean, I just said that because I couldn't think of anything to say. But that, you know, God knows what's going to what's going to impact someone. And he just sat down and suddenly realized, you know, I'm just running around trying to fix myself. Why don't I get involved with what these people are doing? And uh, and he uh, he did. And of course, he's Gary's sponsor as well. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I I don't. I know the book. I like the book. I, I'm much more big book than I am 12 and 12. Uh, I'm a red letter guy as well. Uh, but I, uh, when I talk to somebody, you know, I don't, uh, I don't try to, I, I talk to them about my experience. We had a guy, Herb Wells, who's passed away. Just a, a, what a prince of a fellow. I just, I mean, dearly loved him. He was in Mensa Society. He had played football with Doak Walker. Uh, it was, I mean, this was a, a remarkable guy and very, very humble guy. And I would, I just had so much admiration for him. He had, and I would call him once in a while and, and with a problem. And he would always say, gosh, you just picked just the right time to call about that. I was just thinking about that very thing. Now, you know he was just being he was just being helpful and and diffusing me and and he would talk to me out of his experience and uh you know and that's sort of, that's the thing that I love about you guys it's the thing that you know you didn't you didn't tell me about you about my drinking and now that now that we're doing these woodstocks i i mean we I think those are those are probably wonderful and very interesting, and they're great for a gathering of humans to uh, alcoholics to share information and all of that. But mostly, it's not the information; it's 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 community. You know, it's the relationship. Yeah, you bet. And don't forget, you know, you don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. There's another book that says, "Stir up the gift that is within you." This sort of thing is what we what it's really about. I don't think it matters a whit whether the speaker can get up there and and tell you interesting insights about the second step. The second step is not a complex step, but we I've known people that can talk for two hours on it. But the main thing is, is that we're talking about surrender. We're talking about God. We're talking about the need for each other. And we're sitting together. In a, in a hall, and there's going to be a good chance that we're going to go with a common topic and sit down and look at each other and think, how remarkable is this that we're sitting here and we're not drunk? We're, you know, that maybe the mess that I left at home with my family, I can, I can go home and straighten it up. And it won't have much to do with what the speaker said. Lord, you could put a tape recorder up there. You know, and we'd be the same. Anyway, that, that's that's my soapbox. Well, Danny, as you know, we really didn't know each other 
before spending time together here. Uh, And you have not heard one of these episodes in the past that I don't sober speak, but I could tell you this when I first started this little journey um, and there's a whole story that goes behind that. What I won't bore you with, but when I first started this little journey, this is exactly what I envisioned. And by that, I mean, kind of a combination of some of somebody's story, but also just like sitting down uh, and having coffee with somebody and talking about their experience in an AA and what it's been like and what their viewpoint is on that and being able to share that with others throughout all four corners of the world. And this has just been, this has been great. I really have enjoyed our conversation. I have as well. You're a very pleasant person, and I have enjoyed very much. And I will listen to some of these things. I, uh, I just, I have had some health challenges over the past few months, and I'm better now. But that's, uh, so I, I haven't been as, uh, haven't been as much to, to, I haven't been as many meetings. I haven't been as as active, but. Uh, but yeah, and no worries nice. on that. It, it, it really all is. Try, I, you know, I, I just wanted to let you know, by the way, podcasts are for some people and they're not for other people. And I get it. And it's a, it, it's a, it's a medium in which some people consume content and others don't, you know, but if you do listen to anybody though, I, I would go listen to Tim H and John A. Reno John, we call him on the podcast. Oh, I think Lord. you get a kick out of it. I want to tell you this. I, this is really funny. <laughs> so. We're 11 years sober. We're both going through divorces, right? Crazier than peach orchard boars. And <laughs> I'm telling you, I I finally, I just, uh, I went to a meeting. I drove off and went to a meeting in Fort Worth. And I'm in this meeting in Fort Worth. And, and it, was, it was a discussion meeting. So I got to, I got to share how is my day, which wasn't great. And when it was over, there was a guy who came up to me and he said, man, I hear, I've heard you talk. And he said, why don't you listen to this tape? Maybe it'll help you on your way home. And he handed me John Allred's, or Greeno John's tape. <laughs> I was like, I ain't listening to him. I, I live with him. <laughs> That's funny. John loved, he loved that. Yeah. Uh, All right. What well, what guy. I always uh, right. do to kind of, uh, Wrap it up here is read page 164 from the big book. All right. I'll do that right now. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you and the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us like me and Danny B as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And I just want to say, Danny, people can't see it, but you have an infectious smile. And I appreciate you spending time with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye. As I said on the front end, Danny is an absolute treasure. Danny, thank you so much for spending time with me. I do appreciate you, all the service that you've given to Alcoholics Anonymous all the year over the years, and I know the listeners are going to appreciate your story and your insight as well. Now, 
on to a little bit of a listener feedback for Ewan's. Ellen writes in and Ellen says, John, a friend in AA sent me a link to your podcast. I really enjoy having a meeting between meetings available. I am in Grapevine, Texas, and the Colony Group is my home group. That's right down the street from me, Ellen. And she says, I started I started young with intoxicants and relapsed many times. Very familiar with anxiety and control issues. Working in Step four currently with my awesome sponsor, Vicky. Well, if you're listening, Vicky, uh, that's a shout out to you from Ellen and from myself. Thanks for being an awesome sponsor. And she says, Ellen says, new to AA because I was so sure that I knew best. I have been practicing meditation since 2008, but as you know, addiction can get the best of me sometimes. And on the relapse train, I jumped My sobriety date is March 4th of 2018. I worked with some great folks at the Florida Community of Mindfulness in Tampa until I had to move to Texas in late 2019 to help out my brother with my elderly parents. They have since passed and I found my old thought patterns and craziness coming back. And I found the colony group and I have been going there ever since. Very thankful for AA. It is so much more than I thought it was. And I have now gotten in touch with the God of my understanding. I know peace for the first time in my life. I appreciate you big um, praying hands and big smiley faces, uh, several of them. Ellen, well, thank you. And I, Ellen, appreciate you. Thank you so much for writing in. I hope our paths cross someday here in the near future. Steve R. posted in the secret Facebook group, uh, and by the way, I don't think I said on the beginning, if you're not part of the Secret Facebook group, just look up uh, Sober Speak Secret Facebook group in um, the the application known as Facebook and, and uh, ask for admission and we will get you in there. We'd love to have you in there. Um, it's about I don't know, 1,600 people or so now, 1,600, 1,700 people, something like that. And we would love to have you as part of the group. Anyway, Steve R is our kind of, I call him our daily meditations guy. He is in there every day posting something that he reads from the big book. He just does a fantastic job. And this is what he posted this week. He says, but the app, this is what he posted on one of the days this week, I should say. It says, but the actual or, by the way, this is from page 39 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, but the actual or potential alcoholic with hardly an exception will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize and re-emphasize to smash home upon our alcoholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of our bitter experience. Let me go ahead and read that first part again to emphasize and re-emphasize it. It says, but the actual alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely 
unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And then Steve goes on to add a little commentary afterwards. He says, in some aspects of our lives, knowledge is powerful in that it enables us to make good choices, but not so with our alcoholism. Knowledge is not enough. We need a power source. Our own power is insufficient. And then he says, what he always ends it with, help one, save two, happy Wednesday. And he started to add a little camel symbol next to his uh, signature. So anyway, Steve, thank you so much for posting that, my friend. Tony D writes in, Tony D says, thank God I'm just short of uh, five years and 10 months uh, sober, but I am still a baby and I feel like a junior. AA the union frightens me from my first sponsor. Not sure what that means. Hopefully this comes clear here. He says, I realized recently how full of fear I am and was. Thanks to attending meetings and discussing with my AA buddies, I now really see that fear is something I have to work on daily, at work as well as home. But mostly, I'm afraid of service and doing things wrong. I aired this recently at a meeting, and I know I have no full base for this. It's all me. If I really look deep and I see the fear that has been sown through those I have wronged and cannot reach out to, a lot of those I already apologized to back in the day, that said, it niggles at the soul. I'm going to have to look up that word, Tony. It niggles at the soul. I mean, I, I kind of get what it is. It's like a like a not nice wiggle, I think is what that is, kind of gnawing at the soul. I was told, forgive yourself and move on. The feelings are improving, but my fear is slowly dying. It is gradually releasing me and my higher power is taking complete control. I feel the difference. I'm so thankful to AA and your service, John. God bless. And then he signs a TD. Well, TD... Tony D, thank you so much for writing in, my friends. I think, I bet you he's from the United Kingdom. I can tell, usually when people spell words in a particular way, like realized or apologized or something, and it's a little different, uh, I could tell they're from the, either the United Kingdom or Canada sometimes. Nonetheless, that's it for this week. One more week down. Episode number, this is 199, folks. We're almost to 200, or was it 199 or 98? Anyway, we're getting close to 200. But God bless y'all. I'll probably be back next week. As I always say, we take it one week at a time. Keep coming back, folks. It works if you work it. Love you guys. Just for